Welcome, everyone, to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Tim. Hello, just uh, point me into the direction of hell, and <laughs> I'll go there. Are you seeking hell? <laughs> I think I am. Is, is, that, is that what you're saying? Uh, so, yes, this is a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror films. We get together, we watch the movie, we talk about it. And it's quite common for us to, at any given time, be casually working through a franchise. And the franchise that we are returning to today for the sixth entry in said franchise is <laughs> Hellraiser. This is Hellraiser, Hellseeker. And I'm really going to emphasize that because yesterday when I was I started watching this, I, I can't say I watched it because I only watched half of it. I had to stop and continue later. It was too much to take in one sitting. Um, <laughs> but... I actually incorrectly tweeted what I was watching. Because I said I was watching Hellraiser Hellworld. Because I just, without thinking about it, I said, oh, that's what I'm watching. And I was like, no, mm -hmm. wait, no, I'm watching Hellseeker. Hellworlds later. So <laughs> the titling of this franchise is already confusing and annoying. Yeah. The uh, the thing is, uh, I mean, I don't mind a good subtitle, but I do like having the numbering there just to mm -hmm. help keep track. And I, I think what's particularly hard with this series is all the titles are so similar because it's all just like hell something, you know? Like, yeah, Hellseeker, Hell World, I don't know. Yeah. Um, also, for this one especially, it's called Hellraiser. D don't you want to call this Hellraiser 666? I mean... Oh, yeah, sure. You, you <laughs> yeah, that would be much better. <laughs> you got options. You got options. Maybe, yeah. maybe in like 5,000 years time when we're actually on the 666th one, you'll be kicking yourself. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't see it going that Look far. <laughs> yeah like hellseeker is also like it's too close to hellraiser so it, it just sounds like you're kind of saying the title twice it does yeah it does <laughs> uh same with hellworld to be honest i feel like both are bad titles. Oh, yeah, totally. yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get into this and this is a, an interesting franchise and i use that word <laughs> probably inappropriately but what, what i mean is is that this is a curious franchise because this kind of after the third one starts just being a lot of random different ideas that for the most part i don't even think are meant to be hellraiser to begin with they're just kind of turned into hellraiser scripts this one yeah. might have always been a hellraiser thing but it's still sure. kind of weird uh, th this one actually has the the notable inclusion of not only bringing back uh pinhead but also kirsty uh, ashley lawrence's mm. character from the first two movies is in this movie and yep. we'll talk about the inclusion of her and how she's used uh, in this, but it's... I kind of thought, uh, like, when I I saw, like, her name in the credits or, or whatever, I was like, you know, I just assumed she would be a main character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not really, though. No, no. She, she's relegated to the, the wife who we get flashbacks occasionally of, but she's not actually yeah. there as a main protagonist. Which it's like Hellraiser Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me think that they sort of like said, we really want to bring you back. And she's like, oh, I don't really want to. And like, look, we can get all your scenes done in like two days. All right, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's probably how they convinced her. Um, uh, which is still more screen time than Pinhead gets, uh, worth mentioning oh, though. Yeah. Sure. They have him in like two scenes as well. It's, it's really, And of course he's still on the poster though. He's always going to be on the poster, oh, yeah. even though he's only in a couple of scenes. Uh, the the plot of this is frustratingly just <sighs> shit. I guess <laughs> I guess is the, is the phrase. Can I say I don't want to um I don't want to make fun of anyone, but if you don't get what's going on within like the first five ten minutes of this movie, you're kind of stupid. <laughs> my my problem it, isn't how predictable or like how obvious it's it's just how annoying watching it play oh, out sure. is it's just yeah oh it's so stupid so the main character in this is the, the man who is now married to kirsty because kirsty we start the movie off with this like we get like flashes of a car accident when they drive into the water and she's missing but then it turns out that was like a month ago or something like that and mm -hmm. it's been some time and the main character is the husband, Trevor, who is played by Dean Winters. You may not know that name off the top of your head, but you'll know his face and his voice if you have been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because after a couple of seconds, it clicked what I knew him from, and I was like, wait, it's the Vulture. The Vulture. <laughs> Kirsty grew up and married the Vulture. 
<laughs> what's funny is uh i mean i i do like brooklyn 99 but my mind first went to uh dennis duffy from uh 30 rock i don't know if, uh, you, if okay. you ever watched that but yeah I he was also like i saw some of it i didn't see all of all of it but he honestly it's kind of the same character because he just plays like the really like uh annoying uh like shitty boyfriend in that that's like kind of like that kind of like a scumbag well he's good at that type of role because he's actually really yeah. good at his role in brutal 99 totally yeah the leading man and this eh. it, yeah no it, it was tough and, and i mean i i guess maybe so much of it is you know recognizing him from like uh, these other things but like uh yeah it, it, it never really came off as like that interesting of a, of a guy it's, it's hard to take him seriously in it uh, yeah. which is a problem when the whole thing is it, you know typically we'll start off spoiler free i think for this i'm just going to say full spoilers right now yeah. you know no no holding back let's just start working through it because it's it's it's, <laughs> it's a hell of a time so no pun intended right. uh so like i say he, he wakes <laughs> up in the hospital and he's confused and the nurse is talking to him the doctor's talking to him about how he's back here again and then the detective comes and talks to him which is one of the weird things about this now admittedly given where it goes at the, you know the end what you know the, the the twist or if you want to call it that i suppose technically none of this is the real world so i shouldn't really be holding it to real world rules and standards however yeah. the amount this detective like just shows up and talks to him over and over and over again and essentially says nothing of value or outside of just we're still investigating your wife's disappearance mm -hmm. here let me ask you some vague question yeah. oh you don't really have an answer oh well i'm glad i came and talked to you got to run bye here, like, here's what's so frustrating about it, and, like, <clears throat> again, you, you can kind of, I, I guess, justify all this stuff by, you know, the ending or whatever, but it's so frustrating to watch that no one treats him like he was just in, like, a horrible accident. No, like, no not one. not that long ago. No one. Like, yeah, like, everyone is just very vague. Um, They're constantly upset about him uh, with not knowing stuff, Uh, even though, like, people seem to you know very be very intent on not telling him anything it's very like they, yeah <laughs> it's honestly the movie plays out in kind of like a rotation of different scenes you've basically mm -hmm. got a couple of different cliches which is these detective things <laughs> or him yeah. just walking around and no one trusted him it feels very of its era it feels very late 90s mm -hmm. early 2000s because this, this came out in 2002 sure. and it has that it, the whole plot revolves around him having this really selective amnesia where he can't really remember what he's been doing for the last month and that's just annoying in and of itself and that's the thing so even though you can justify why rules don't exist because it's not the real world it doesn't change the fact that i'm still having to sit and watch all these scenes play out and, exactly. they're, not, and they're not entertaining they're not like yeah. interesting to watch they are just tedious and full of cliches mm -hmm. you have all that stuff and then for some reason every three or four scenes another attractive woman tries to throw herself <laughs> at our main character yeah uh, the whole idea being that he was a complete scumbag who was cheating on his wife but he doesn't remember that so mm -hmm. there's just constant scenes of like these women just mm -hmm. trying to have sex with them and they're always kind of like in these really like like all these ways where they don't just come out and say they're having an affair to begin with they mm -hmm. always start off with like one's like literally his boss and she starts off mm -hmm. with, like you're in trouble mister you're not doing enough work and then she just sort of comes up and like grabs his crotch and is like pushes him against the vending machine. He's like, "We're gonna have to do something about that." And then licks his face. And it's like, okay, <laughs> right? Joey jo jo comes across as it comes across as some lonely nerd who just yes. wanted to write all of his porn fantasies into a movie. He's like, "This will be hot and sexy." All these mm. scenes where this, 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 you know, hot business lady's doing this, and then his hot neighbors try to like do this with him. And then, oh, then yeah. the, the the acupuncture therapist is going to like get on top of him and just take her top off like i i was it's, baffled i was baffled by how often women were just throwing themselves at him yeah um that was a that was a big problem in the movie for me is that it was just like way too horny and like for a hellraiser movie that's saying something i know <laughs> i mean the first movie is literally about people who are getting off on the pleasure of pain yeah. from this this box and all, all, all these things and there's like a good while before it gets to anything hellraiser-esque outside of the fact that mm -hmm. ashley lawrence is playing his wife because mm -hmm. uh, all of her inclusion outside of the ending when stuff is revealed is ba basically boils down to quick little flashbacks or watching home movies of her in bed saying hey mm -hmm. but i laughed out loud because he sits down he does that like you know cliched thing where the the character sits down and watches the whole movie of the wife 
and he's he puts yeah. in the VHS tape and he sits and watches it. And literally, one of the first things you hear is he says he pulls out like a present because she's like, "Hey, remember it's our anniversary, honey. Come to bed." And he pulls out a present, which is clearly the, the cube, right? It's the it's the the configuration, the lament configuration, but it's wrapped up, right? But it's that's clearly what it is. And he, he's mm-hmm. and she, but she says, "Wait, you got me a present? I'm so surprised." You're surprised your husband got you a present on your anniversary? <laughs> I, mean, well, may, I mean, maybe I'm not the best person for relationship advice, but call me crazy. That feels like exactly the sort of time one might buy their spouse a present. Just, I'm just, you know. Oh, I, I mean, I, I guess maybe the one thing you could say is that he's probably such a shitty husband. That <laughs> True, yeah. It's so more she's... like, oh, it, it, maybe it's more like, I'm surprised you got me a present. Like... <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um one thing we kind of skipped over but actually what one of the first times like i i laughed uh, pretty hard uh like early on in the movie when they the car crashes but it's so funny because uh I, I mean obviously we find out there's another reason why it crashed but like in this opening scene it crashes because he like leans over and like is kissing his wife like but while he's driving and not like a, a peck on the cheek. Like he's like closing his eyes, make, trying to make out with her while he is driving a car. And I was like, Jesus, this is incredibly irresponsible. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. The most annoying thing about this movie, though, is how many scenes end with him waking up as if the previous scene was a dream. Oh, sure. Yeah. It happens like, I shit you not, at least a dozen times in this movie. There's so many yeah. scenes where he'll wake up and it's, it's again it's all this dream logic stuff where none of this is the real world so mm-hmm. everything's happening but everything's also kind of a dream anyway um and so there's so many times where he wakes up and the scene that was happening wasn't happening and mm-hmm. like it, like every time it annoyed me and he just kind of mm-hmm. like doesn't care like after like a couple of seconds he just kind of is annoyed it's... at anyone who talks to him yeah, I think that's what, like one of the things that's tough because um, it, that is kind of like a hard trait to have because you don't want to frustrate your viewers. But like if the, you know, like tr- thinking of something like Memento or something where it's like mm. done really well and it's like, oh, well, you like the character and they're smart. So they are figuring out clues and you're happy to be on that journey with them. Uh, with this, he's just kind of an idiot and he doesn't really seem like too interested in figuring stuff out he kind of is just like wandering around which like makes it very frustrating and then like very obvious stuff just like jumps out at him like that one scene where he just like for no reason just like lifts some papers up in his like cubicle and finds a card that says like i forget what it said something like really dumb like answers or something like yeah because then he gets a flashback to when he had this card to go and find something and it's like him going to see a mysterious <laughs> salesman looking for answers and that's where he gets the cube although for some reason the cube's actually a sphere at first and it morphs into a cube i'm not, even, I'm yeah. not sure why <laughs> why i don't know i have no answers for that uh <laughs> very very odd and he's got this co-worker who's kind of just like a he just keeps saying like really generic dialogue to him he's like oh you better get that work done the bosses are on my asses the guys upstairs are on my ass yeah. Yeah, it, it, it always, like, makes me laugh when there's just, like, very generic work talk. It's like, hey, make sure to look busy because uh, you're going to need to bump your numbers up for the boss. Like, yeah, sure. okay. Yes. <laughs> Tim, I, I I will give you a handy if you can answer this question. <laughs> I, well, I don't know if I want to answer it, but okay. <laughs> what, what, what is Trevor's job? Where does he work? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a, I mean, that is a, a great question. Um, yeah, there's... Absolutely no indication of, of what his job is. I assume some type of sales. Yeah, we maybe see, like insurance we see or something, him, but Yeah, we see him at work like at least half a dozen times. And he's cubicle talking to his coworker, talking mm. to his boss. Actually, for some reason there's a weird thing set up the first time we see him in the uh in the workplace that there's like these mysterious security cameras that seem to be kind of following him around. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah I think um <clears throat> I, I assume that's like whatever demons or something that are watching them but yeah i don't really understand the point yeah we see it. it again at his apartment and like one of the next scenes where he's with the neighbor but then it quickly just kind of drops it and never mentions it again <laughs> yeah I, think. I mean and yeah i mean that really there is no point um and you mean you want to talk about like weird stuff for no reason like that one scene where the doctors are operating on his brain 
Oh yeah. Like, like what? Why? What is the point of this? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, obviously the twist is that he's already died, right? And this is all just in his head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and him realizing that he's actually because he's actually in hell the whole time, which is kind of like it's so obvious early on. Like what, you don't exactly mm. sure what route they're going to take to explain it, but you're like, okay, he's in hell or he's in you know he's in between life and death, whatever, whatever's yeah. going on. That's kind of vaguely what's happening. Uh, yeah, there's there's so much stuff early on where stuff just keeps happening. So he, his boss like tries to like have sex with him in the like the, the it's like the the staff room at his work when anyone can just walk in. And like uh, and like she's like very. <laughs> it, it was kind of funny to me because like she's very mean about it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not like it, it'd be one thing if they're having like an affair. You know, she's trying to be very like seductive and being like, hey, you know, remember like the fun we used to have let's have some good times but instead she's like very like like you're kind of saying before like get back to work like you're a bad boy like (laughs) yeah like like but she i don't know she just like looks very angry and stuff and i don't know maybe that's like their relationship but it was i don't know Uh, again like keep in mind that you're supposed to be thinking that like this guy just got back from like a month-long stay in a hospital after a car crash where his like wife disappeared and that like someone is acting like this towards him yeah when he gets home to his apartment he sees like which is essentially is one of the cenobites so although it's, it kind of obscures it so you just see like a silhouette but uh yeah. it's like a cenobite like across the street like watching in fact actually there's even a scene before this where you see, sort of see him being followed by the cenobite uh in like, yeah. the parking lot or whatever and he sort of hides like from the window a little bit and he's just kind of like ducking and diving then he's watching the whole movie with uh, Kirsty, and she gets upset when she sees because obviously she knows what this box is. She's like, "Where the hell did you get this box? You son of a bitch! Yeah. Why is this in the house?" Um, you know, super dark. And then the 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 boss lady comes over. I think her name is Dawn or something. I don't know. Gwen. It was Gwen. Uh, okay. And she basically immediately strips off her clothes down to her underwear. She's like straddling them. And he's like, get off me. And he sort of like pushes her away as if, you know, because she's like, this innocent routine's getting old. And, but it does this thing, of course, where he kind of blacks out and then when he wakes up, she's like, dead. You know, she, she's, she's been murdered. She's completely like mutilated, which we don't really get to see any of, of course, because that would be yeah. fun, potentially, yeah. you know, to actually having some gore and violence in a horror movie. Like, well, sure. who, who would want to see that? <laughs> also, like, uh, Man, I feel so bad for this guy. Like his hell is just kind of like wandering around while women try to have sex. With him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, yeah, sounds like torture. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I guess the whole point is, is that he's convinced that he's a good husband, and this is him discovering yeah. that he's a complete shitbag. Uh, and then he's wanted for the murders of all these women after they die. So I, I guess there's something there, but yeah, because uh, because the other thing that happens around this time, and I can't remember exactly the order, but his neighbor. Uh, oh, yeah. Tawny, I think her name is, like comes over, chaps on the door, mm-hmm. and is like again being really suggestive, really flirts. There anything I can do for you? I'd love to help you, and is kind of getting close to him, and he kind of mm-hmm. like sort of pushes her away, but sort of makes it clear, you know, you know, whatever. <laughs> and but then when she comes back, like later, she's like, I want to borrow something. He's like, What? It's like you, and she grabs him, <laughs> and. <laughs> Yeah, the the whole th- the whole thing is just absurd. And again, yes, he wakes up and she's dead, and it's like super brutal. Um, I, I, I think it's the first one that the cops come in and like basically like, you know, he's like, oh, it wasn't me. You gotta understand, because like I said, remember when I said that there's so many scenes where the cop comes to see him. There's equally the same amount of scenes where I, when he's seeing the cop or he goes to this police station to see the cop, and he's just kind of like, like you gotta believe me, it wasn't me. You believe me, right? And then the cops like. Yeah, I believe you, but no one else really does, so we have to get to the bottom of this. Don't worry, we're still working on your wife's case. Don't worry, we're still looking. We need your full cooperation. There's so many generic lines that mean nothing. Yeah. It's just like yeah. the work talk you were talking about, the, you know, we have to get the numbers up for the boss. You know, it's, just, it's the same thing, but in cop speak. That's all it is. Yeah. And again, it's frustrating because, like, the cop's not telling you anything. And, like, uh, no. you know, and again, it's just, like, so annoying. It's just, like, this guy clearly you know has like some type of memory loss or whatever and he's like i don't understand what happened and then like instead of explaining it you know the cop will just be like <laughs> i find it a little hard to believe you don't remember what happened <laughs> or something like you know or like hey man like uh you could be in some serious trouble so watch it and it's like no like actually say 
stuff do, <laughs> that do, like, gives do, us clues. Do you remember that halfway through the movie, suddenly, instead of this cop, we see his partner, who's more of a hard, like, hard edge cop, who we only see, like, maybe once or twice throughout the rest of the movie, so it left me wondering, I, why did they even have another cop that talks to him? I, I only remember because of what the cop ends up being, which yes. is super weird. <laughs> yes, but... Yes, which is basically that he's both the same person, and he's got like a, he's like a double-headed centibite or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like it's. Uh, I mean, if you want to make him the same person, like fine or whatever. But just like yeah, the way they represent it, like visually, where it's like a really bad CGI, like almost look like there's like a, a like a giant sperm attached to his head <laughs> with like the cop's other head that's kind of like just floating by him is very strange. That's one way of putting that. Um, <laughs> so before I go into a coughing fit, which I feel like coming on, <coughs> why don't you talk about Pinhead's first appearance? Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, eventually, like all these movies, Pinhead just shows up uh, because why not? He's there and he's uh, telling them. Well, don't, like, don't, don't bury the, the, the star of this. He he comes out of the the, the diagram of the human body on this like the anatomy painting oh, on sure. the wall, and he comes out of it. You know, like <coughs> Nightmare on Elm Street when Freddy goes through the wall. It's it's like that, but then he just sort of pops through it, and then yeah. he takes out one of his own pins and puts that in him, like the acupuncture. You're right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I completely. <laughs> there is actually a lot of crazy things that happen in this movie. I actually completely forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah uh yeah and yeah i guess we didn't mention it that much but yeah he he also like goes to this acupuncturist um uh a couple of times throughout the movie which of course the ac- acupuncturist also wants to sleep with him and of course mm-hmm. he also ends up getting murdered uh and then yeah pinhead comes out he puts like the, the pin uh <clears throat> through him which um honestly i i thought that was kind of like funny like if there was maybe a a movie that was like a little better, maybe like purposefully going to be like a little cheesier or something. I could see that being kind of a funner, uh, like a funner gag or something. But yeah. Um, but the, the, this first scene with him is this when they you basically just get the um, what do you call it? the exposition dump where he basically just tells like a, a, about everything that is going on in the movie. No, that's the later time. That's the second time. Okay. Because uh, we don't know that for a while yet. Uh, because there's still the whole thing where. There's like this one nurse who's really nice to him. I think her name's Allison, oh, and right, he wants yeah. to go back and see her again. And <laughs> it basically the movie basically spells out that she's not real. Uh, but yeah. then they still do the thing where he does meet her again, and the janitor's like, "Who are you talking to, buddy? There's no one there." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I'm going crazy." Like you know, it's the it's whole thing. Just, everything about this just feels so pointless because you just know what's going on in the beginning, like. Even if you, even if you're not sure if he's in hell or kind of like you said before, like maybe he's dreaming or like kind of halfway between like life and death, like you know that this is not the real world that you know things aren't playing out as they should. And you know, I would say that brain surgery scene is meant to represent that he's on the operating table and this is all happening yeah. in his head as he's dying. However, I'm pretty sure at the end of the movie when they reveal like the the car accident killed him. Or, well, it wasn't yeah. the car accident, it was actually the gunshot, but uh, he's, he, he wasn't on an operating table, he died instantly. Like, he's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was no operating table. And uh, and uh, what's kind of weird is, like, all, like, the like the nurses and doctors and stuff are actually the cops that are investigating the scene. Yeah, but, cops like, and coroners, like, I, I think the, it's, like, the, the, the main doctor is the coroner who's, like, putting him in the body bag. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the weird thing is, is, like, it's not like he would have known these people when he was alive, because he would have died instantly from the gunshot so it's not like a you know wizard of oz thing where it's like oh hey like you were there and you were there it's like he has no idea who these people are <laughs> because movie twist because we have to rip off some other <laughs> movies uh of course was- this feels because uh, this came out in like 2002 and it mm-hmm. this really feels like i don't know it's trying to go for like a matrix kind of thing where it's like trying to be very like I, I don't know like it feels like it's so smart and like trippy and stuff and it's just like i don't know very lazy and dumb yeah it's just, i mean obviously there's a movie from the early 90s that's really easy to compare to 
Um, but I don't want to say it because I want to spoil the end of that movie. <laughs> um, so, you struggling? To... <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't think about it off the top of my head. I'm sure I know. It, I just uh, didn't think about it. Okay, we, I'm going. To, I'm going to actually type it to Tim. Okay, I'm going. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to type the movie to Tim that I'm thinking of, and I'm sure Tim will will know why I'm thinking of that. Uh, okay. So. I, I like that you're being very cautious not to spoil something from the 90s. Hey, there's no statute limitations on spoilers, okay? Someone who wants to watch oh, okay, that movie yeah. should be able to watch it without me spoiling it with no warning. Okay, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. And you can't give a spoiler warning for a movie in this case because the the fact that it's relevant is the spoiler. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I get you, yeah. yeah. No, it, yeah, I definitely I can see them trying to rip that off. or Yeah, it's... uh. Yeah, it's it's dumb, and also the movie looks horrible. It has like this really like oh, it's um, kind of like blue hue to it, which I, I feel like you got a lot in the early two thousands. Yeah, early mid two thousands was full of that stuff. Um, there's yeah, because all you know, there's a scene where he's on the he's on the the bus, and then that's when the the therapy scene happens, but the therapist gets killed, and then yeah. that's when he gets caught by the police. But then he wakes up and he's in an ambulance, and the ambulance driver's like. You know, nah, buddy, you weren't having sex. You just passed out on a bus, and I'm like, okay, what's you know, what's going on here? So, but as the movie's going on, there's all these random flashes. This is the thing we can't really do it all in order because so, this is so random. But every so often, it'll cut to like him getting more of the the, the flashback where he's buying the cube, or more of the flashbacks with Kirsty, and they kind of build it up. What it actually amounts to is eventually Pinhead sort of reveals what the movie's really been doing. And we get to see a couple of other pin, uh, no pinheads, sorry, uh, Cenobites show up, and they're they're kind of dull in their design. They're very basic, yeah, uh, compared very to boring. previous movies. But yeah. he explains that he was bored of his marriage and that he felt tied down, so he wanted his wife to be taken out of the picture. And mm-hmm. without knowing it, basically, this mysterious salesman is like, "Hey, the Cenobites, you know, they don't say this, but this is the implication." The Cenobites, Pinhead's been looking for Kirsty for years. The idea that Pinhead's wanted Kirsty from the first two movies all this time. So this'll this'll do the trick. So he makes her open the, the, the configuration. But, yeah. Now uh but wait, was this um he also had like a a plan with like that annoying guy from work to kill his wife and like get the insurance money? Which was this the yes. same plan that they were going to use the box, or did they have it like? I, I think that plan was before he decided to go and get the box, and that's why <laughs> that's why is because because yeah, we think the, uh, the 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 guy his coworker is against them the whole movie, and it turns out they were actually in cahoots because Kirsty had an inheritance. They actually mentioned her father and Uncle uh, Frank, which is like oh yeah, reference the good movie that'll <laughs> put me in a good mood. Um, but they had a plan to kill her and get take the inheritance and split it between them. Uh, but then it sounds like Trevor just went on his own. You know, the vulture, yeah. stealing stealing the credit, as he often does uh, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, decided to try and steal the kill and take all the money for himself. Um, but basically what happened, because the, uh, the co-worker just kills himself, basically. Uh, again, it's not in the real world, admittedly, so I don't know if this is even relevant, but he, you know, he takes a gun out and just shoots himself. So Kirsty opens the box. She's really upset about it. She doesn't want to, of course. And... She 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 meets up with Pinhead and Pinhead. This is like the other big Pinhead scene, and it turns out that Pinhead's been wanting her this whole time. And she's like, "Hey, what if I get you other?" Which is honestly really why does she why is she so specific? She's the one who offers them five souls. It's not like she says, "What will it cost to like get you off my back?" And Pinhead's like, "Well, I will accept five souls in exchange." She just casually says, "What if I like kill five people for you? Is that good enough?" And he's like. That guess, will be acceptable, human. <laughs> I, I guess it also... I, I guess that also kind of means that, like, she knew about all of this. Like, so she knew that he'd been sleeping with three different women and also was planning to murder her with his co-worker. Yeah, so she made a deal. <laughs> she made a deal. She's like, okay, I'll kill five people, and there's four dead up until this point. Mm-hmm. Uh... The three women that he had an affair with and the co-worker. So I guess he did actually die. Because uh, it yeah. kind of implies... So, so, so the Cenobite who was kind of following Trevor around and watching him from the other apartment, it kind of apl- implies here that that was her the whole time. Is that that was the representation of her in the real world? Because she was the one doing all the killing? Yeah. Right. 
this. I guess so. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what <laughs> it was implying here. Yeah. Um, so it establishes she killed the, the three women. She she killed the, the co-worker, even though we saw him kill himself. But again, that's not in the real world, so it can be yeah. different, I guess. And the fifth and one's going to be Trevor. She, yeah, and and her mo, I, I guess. Well, I we'll we'll find out later, but I I, I guess like her thing is uh, shooting people and then making people think it's suicide. Yes, yes, there's basically all say. So. She, she, uh, so it turns out the reason why the car crashed is because she confronts someone and says, Well, I made a deal too, and pulls out a gun and shoots them in the face, and that's why they crash. <laughs> so the real ending to the movie is that she's rescued from the car, he's dead, and she's like, Yeah, he just pulled out a gun and killed himself. It's so weird. And I think he, you know, it's oh, yeah. And the cops basically, like, Yeah, yeah, it turns out he murdered these like four other people. It's like, Yeah. And, you know, she just walks off, and it's, it's, it's kind of this weird thing where this movie's got out of its way to just like, bastardize the original character of Kirsty. It's like, not oh, only sure, yeah. is she used in this weird, like, side character way where she's not actually mm. the protagonist, she's then turns out to, like, do this really evil thing to, like, save her own ass, which just makes, which just makes her feel really unlikable. <laughs> so, don't get me wrong, when I'm watching Hellraiser in the future, because I will, because it's a great movie, I'm not going to be yeah. thinking this is canon, I'm not going to be thinking about this, right, like, right. this is where Kirsty goes and does this later. <laughs> this is a fan yeah. fiction shit level sequel that should not be considered. Oh, totally. Now, I mean, I, I have a lot of uh, questions about this whole... Um, <laughs> I've had a feeling you might, Timothy. <laughs> All right, so, I mean, let's kind of start from, like, uh, the first uh, first part here. So, all right, he, he buys the box, and, uh, I mean, granted, uh, you know, I, I guess it's safe to assume that, you know, she probably, <clears throat> um, you know, uh, wouldn't have told him about the box or because kind of, you know, unbelievable and, uh, you know, even if maybe she did mention something about it, I, he might not know exactly what it is or what it does. But and the flashback uh, seems to be like when the guy pulls out the box, he doesn't seem to know what it is. The guy's just kind of mysteriously saying, "This will answer your your thing," yeah. and he tries to pay with a lot of cash. And the guy's just kind of like, "No, the cost is higher than that. You'll see." Yeah. So then uh, he gives it to her for, like you said, for their anniversary, and uh, for some reason he's taping the whole thing. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> But uh, especially if you think it's something that's going to murder her, probably don't want to tape that. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> well, but he... I mean, maybe technically, again, it's it's not, it's not real. So maybe it's just his like, subconscious sure. way of like giving him the memory. I don't know. Yeah. So he gives her the box and she's kind of... So you she knows that if you, you know, solve the puzzle box, that you'll be transported to you know, hell or the Cenobites will come for you or whatever. Um, but she is like very casually just kind of like, like, fine, you want to see what this box does? You want to see it? Check this out. And then like, <laughs> it's like she could just not solve the box, right? Like she could just yep. like see the box and be like, oh no, screw you. You don't know what this does. I'm... And then also it's kind of like at that point, uh, I don't know, maybe like bury it in the backyard, throw it in the ocean or something. <laughs> like, I mean, the... Uh, I mean, maybe they still try and kill her the old-fashioned way because they were applying mm -hmm. to her anyway. Because that, that's sure. one of the big things here is like, okay, you can take this as like a sort of Twilight Zone or, well, not even, sorry, not Twilight Zone, a Tales from the Crypt-esque story where mm -hmm. this main character is a complete shitbag who was trying to kill his wife so he gets his comeuppance. The problem yeah. is, is that maybe not the, the partner because he was also trying to help kill her, but <laughs> the three women who she kills, like, sure. okay, they were having sex with a married man, but like, they're... They're relatively otherwise innocent because they're they're, they're not yeah. worthy of being killed in our eyes as the audience, right? So, yeah. So that's like the second thing I, I want to talk about. So again, even though it seems like she probably shouldn't open the box or whatever, but uh, all right. so once she does, and then, um, you know, like Pinhead is saying this thing that they they seem to be like obsessed with Kirsty. Like, uh, you know, he's saying that you know they've been wanting her and. You know, they've been searching for her. She's like, you know, the only person that's ever escaped their grasp and she's special to them. So they want they want her so badly. But then they are very quick to be like, but OK, we'll let you go if you, you, you kill five people like it. I don't know. I, I feel like you can't have it both ways. Like you can't be like, oh, they're obsessed with her and they'll do anything they can to, you know, get her back again. But then also like they'll easily trade her, uh, especially for like, you know, doing the same thing that like. Like, th like, this is how she always, like, <laughs> escapes from them, you know? Like, this is how she escaped from the first movie, by promising them another soul. Like, 
this time it just happens to be a random number of five people. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Which that, again, that I, I can't emphasize enough how she casually just sort of goes, what if I kill five people and give you five souls? Yeah. <laughs> and Pear's like, that will suffice. Like, wh- sure. why five? Why, why don't you just start yeah. with one? One for yours. Like, uh, kill your husband yeah. and you can have the husband instead. Or maybe the husband and the partner who were planning to kill you. Uh, which Seems by- reasonable. <laughs> which, by the way, how does she even really know that? I mean, I guess the implication is, is that she opens the box and it's the, after opening the box, she has this conversation with mm-hmm. Pinhead and finds out what he's been planning to do. So therefore, then she knows. It's not that she knows beforehand that they're planning to kill her. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, it's still, it just feels so like random and like, I don't know, it, it's just not like a good twist or like it feels out of character. Like you said, it feels very fan fiction-y. Um, it's not like really anything new and it, it just feels so misplaced and dumb. <laughs> yeah. And you know, she's murdered a bunch of people, so it's, she's... So, so that's what I was saying that the Tales from the Crypt reference is okay the main character gets his comeuppance but yeah. Kirsty doesn't leave this innocently no you know she, she doesn't it's it's weird yeah um, yeah, it, yeah it, it is very strange and then again like you said like the um, you know you, you understand Trevor and his co-worker and stuff but yeah like <laughs> those other women um, I mean maybe they're more villainous than we know but like from what we know from the movie it's like yeah, they didn't do anything that bad. <laughs> Not worthy of like dying and being tortured by Cenobites for eternity. Yeah, and you know, and not all of them might have even known he was married or whatever. Like, did, yeah. did, did, did the acupuncture therapist really know him that well? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. It didn't seem yeah. like it from what we see in the at least the 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 the, the, the hell version that they're giving him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. But, <clears throat> The whole thing. It was, it was it got to a point where any time he was on the screen with a new woman, I was like, okay, is she going to throw herself at him? And sure enough, yeah. and it just it all felt of it like fantasy writing. Like someone, like some twelve year old, was like, oh, I'm going to write how all these women want to have sex with me. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, yeah, like, it feels it like, like they're trying to be like really sexy and taboo, but it's just such a silly, dumb movie. That and, it yeah, doesn't and, work. It, and again, even when you argue that okay, maybe it didn't really happen like this, it doesn't matter. Mm this is still the scenes that were shown in the movie this is still what they yeah. wanted to shoot and have it play out for the for the titillation of the audience mm-hmm. right they wanted yeah. us to be able to react to this and go ew isn't this hot mm-hmm. uh <laughs> just because it technically okay yes it's a fake version of whatever really happened doesn't matter mm-hmm. we still sat through it we still saw yeah. it so <clears throat> and then uh so yeah and then if we talk about this like little ending scene here where um you know we we cut to the real world and you find out you know that Kirsty's alive. Trevor died in the car wreck, and then there's I think there's like some questionable police stuff going on here. Um, oh, you, you mean when the cop uh, he, he brings out the evidence bag with mm-hmm. the lament the lament configuration in it, and yeah. she says, "Oh, that was an anniversary <laughs> gift to me," and he just casually says, "Hey, I'm supposed to log this, but why don't you have it as a yeah. to, to remember him by?" Hold on a second. He was planning to, he was having an affair with multiple women and then killed himself mm-hmm. in the car with her, at least as far as he knows, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you think she wants a memento? Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, you're willing to give up police evidence as a memento? Yeah, uh, <laughs> like, it probably, like, you probably want to at least, like, give it, like, a day in the lab or whatever, like, like, maybe you can be like, hey, listen, we gotta log <laughs> this real quick, but you can come pick it up after we do, like, a, you know, a normal search on it or whatever but yeah to just very casually be like eh you know what go ahead and take it and then uh the other thing that kind of made me laugh like i don't know if this is standard procedure or whatever but they kind of they pull like this like fish or eel or something out of his mouth oh uh, which they uh they foreshadowed earlier because there was a scene where yeah. it comes out of his mouth when he's always alive in the hell world it's, it's quite early yeah. on there's a scene where he vomits up an eel yeah yeah, and then I just think it's funny though that they show like the cop or the coroner or whatever like pulls it out and then puts it in like an evidence bag and I'm, I just think it's kind of like <laughs> I guess maybe you would do that but it's just kind of funny thinking like wait is that fish evidence? I don't know. <laughs> hey, that 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 yields exhibit B. All right, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> got to keep on this. Um, yeah, I I mean. Obviously, we weren't expecting anything good after the last couple of movies, and I'm not sure. expecting anything good going forward. 
I, I had no idea there was a movie where I, uh, Ashley Lawrence came back as Kirsty. I really didn't know that. Yeah. So I'm. It's, I, it's, it's a shame <laughs> that they had to drag that character into the mud in one of these crappy sequels. Uh, yeah. This, God, it. I, this for I mean at this point we're just expected all these weird standalone movies and. That this feels so utterly forgettable and annoying, and how just it's determined to do these cliches over and over again. The the twist is cliched, mm-hmm. everything that happens in the the fake world is cliched. It's written by the fantasies of a twelve year old, like <laughs> all of it. There's nothing redeeming or enjoyable to talk about. There really isn't. The, the most interesting thing about it is, oh hey, the lead guy's the vulture from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Isn't it funny <laughs> that he's in this stupid movie? That's yeah. it. That's the extent of it, really. Yeah, I I mean, uh, I, I'll admit that I did laugh quite a bit during it. Oh, you know, sure. there's, um, and, and it's not even like stuff, it's not even like there's like a lot of over-the-top stuff that's like so bad it's crazy. It's more just kind of the circumstance of thinking like, oh yeah, this person in this movie and then um, the places they're going in this movie from a franchise that just started, like, also- you know, from this place and... There's a scene where after the neighbors tried to like have sex with him and he's kind of turned her away, where he then goes to see if she's okay because he, he basically sees her dead body and then it turns out like he, he gets worried so he goes to check on her and he knocks on the door because he sees it but then it disappears so he has like vague memories of her being dead so he goes to her door and chaps and she sort of like reacts like oh she knows who he is but she doesn't really know him personally and then like her boyfriend or husband or whoever he is like comes out and is like Oh, what are you doing here, man? Stay away from my woman. <laughs> um, and I thought that, like, in the context of where the movie goes, and the fact that Kirsty killed these three people, including her, <laughs> that had that were having yeah. affairs with her husband, was this implying that she actually wasn't, and Kirsty just assumed that he was, and she killed a, a completely innocent person that wasn't even having the affair? I, I didn't think about it, but maybe. <laughs> be... <laughs> She made you know? some assumptions. I mean, she yeah. knows about Gwen, and Gwen does seem like a, she definitely did, but maybe the yeah. others are just her in a jealous rage. Is this just a story about how she's actually completely like a jealous nut job? And uh, <laughs> I mean, not that the movie paints him as actually being a decent guy either, because he's not. So I don't even yeah. know what to... That, no one in this movie is likable. Everyone's unlikable. Everyone's a, just a scumbag. It's Yeah. E- even like your one, like you know, likable character from the other movies, like, you bring her back and to- make her totally unlikable. Yep. It's just, it's on... Un- because, uh, yeah, she was a really likable character in those first couple. Yeah. Uh, I rooted for her, and then here, she's just... Yeah, she, <coughs> she's just the, the ex-wife who's missing her dad, and then until mm-hmm. the twist, and it's like, oh, no, she's actually outwitted. I mean, I guess it's good to give her the win, because she is the character that people who, like, yeah. the franchise care about, but... It means nothing because the movie's been so tedious to sit through and yeah. just full of garbage. Or sorry, garbage. Yeah. It's like, what is this? Uh, like Zack Snyder's Hellraiser? Like he, t- he took the, <laughs> the one pure character and made her a murderer? <laughs> oh, dear. It's sad, but <laughs> true. <laughs> Uh, is there anything else we've missed that we have to talk about on this one? I'm, I'm trying uh, to think. There was a no. lot. Of, there's a lot of jumping around at various points because it was cutting from you know this is you know this sequence to that sequence as if it was a dream sequence over and over again. It's mm. kind of hard to keep all of it straight in my head. Yeah, no, it's it, yeah, it's it, it's tough. I I don't know. It's it, ultimately it's kind of it's pretty forgettable and um everything just feels very pointless. Like since you know that they're not really in the real world like nothing really feels like it has any weight or consequence to it mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and you know the characters aren't really interesting or engaging enough to you know care about their journey that much um so yeah i mean again uh you know a, 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 other than like occasionally laughing at it there really isn't much here that's uh oh come on to recommend what's that the next two are directed by the same director. Of this one? Yeah. <laughs> and they both came out in 2005 for some reason, but yeah, the, the next one is is Hellraiser Deader. In fact, there's a, the co-writer of this also co-writes the next one and then writes completely the, the, the next one. So uh, okay. <laughs> so we've actually got a, a, a same writer and director across 
three of these movies, which is so weird. So they <laughs> all, are... All in, I was going to say, they all took, both came out in 2005, which implies they made them as a pair to put out. Oh, okay. Uh, so... All I know is that one of them coming up has uh, something to do with video games, so... Mm. I, I'm assuming that's Hellworld, but <laughs> we'll see. Probably. Uh, that's not next, though. Deader's the next one. Oh, and okay. I, I misspoke before. It's not the same writer. It's the same producer who's on the next one. It's not the writer. The writer's different. Okay. Uh, I was the wrong, the wrong column on Wikipedia. <laughs> but yes, we got Hellraiser Deader next. And <laughs> I don't even know what to, uh, to think. Um... Yeah, I guess we have to rate the damn thing. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, you can't expect that. I mean, if you don't know, we're we're you know we're we're recording ahead quite a bit because Tim's mm-hmm. going to be in paternity leave for a few months, um, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure we're going to get at least one more Hellraiser done for the the banked episodes. So we should have mm-hmm. Deader coming sometime in like February or something like that. Uh, so I mean, maybe when we record it, <sighs> I mean, you you might not like this, but we might have to do like a double recording of both of them because I have the. Uh, the um uh a dvd that has like uh six films on it and those are the last two so it'd be nice to finish it off i mean i wanted to bank more episodes i don't like that you're forcing me to make one of them another hell is a sequel but i don't like it tim what you rate in hellraiser hell seeker uh I mean, I guess 2.5. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, can't really go above it. Uh, I mean, again, like, I I don't want to go, like, you know, as low as, like, a 2 or even lower just because, um, again, I, I did get some enjoyment out of how bad it was. So, yeah, I figured that's worth something. But, I mean, characters aren't good. It, you know, it does that annoying thing where it actually makes, like, existing characters worse. Um you know, visually, it's pretty unpleasant to look at. <clears throat> um, it's frustrating to watch. It's predictable. Um, maybe there's one or, one or two uh, scenes that have, like, okay special effects, I guess. Like, that um, one scene where his, like, skin's kind of getting pulled and, um, like, they're opening up his brain. Like, that stuff looks okay. So, but, you know, <laughs> it's really not enough to give it any type of spectacular rating or Although, anything. Yeah, but notably, it's irrelevant to the movie, that scene. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, context There is, is other everything. stuff, though, that, like, looks horrible, like the, the cop with the two heads or whatever. That scene just mm. looks, like, awful. <laughs> and then, and like you said, like, even stuff like the Cenobites, like, don't even look that good or interesting in this. Like, mm. <clears throat> you know, the movie before this, I, I thought was pretty bad, too, but I thought at least some of, like, the Cenobites and stuff looked kind of cool. Yeah, That's yeah. Nothing. So, I'm going with a straight two out of ten. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's it's that bad. It's it's yeah. not as bad as the Bye Bye Man, but it's <laughs> you know it, we're getting closer, and I'm not feeling the idea of these sequels getting much better. <laughs> Even though I would like to think they will. Yeah. You know, if we can get a solid four. Out of one of the next ones, that'd be delightful. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> that would be delightful. I'll still complain, I mean, of course, but I mean, if anything, maybe the next one or two will seem a little better, just because um, they're not these ones. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that might be, might be true. Uh, I think these next two are the last ones with Doug Bradley as Pinhead. Uh, I think after that, Pinhead was played by someone else. So. Uh, d- does it say how many are after this? Yeah, I can tell you. I, I know there's at least one more because they had that one that was like a few years ago. Uh, yeah, so so there's two more from the same director with Doug Bradley mm-hmm. still there. And then there's one from t- t- 2011, uh, which is Revelations, and then Hellraiser Judgments from 2018. Okay. That's right. The newest one from 2018 was actually actually came out whilst we were already doing this show. That's how new the, recent, <laughs> the, the most recent one is. <coughs> Wow. Let that sink into your chrome dome. So what is that? There's that means there's ten Hellraiser movies? Yeah, ten. We're at ten. And we're supposed to be getting a proper reboot that's like, you know, big budget mm-hmm. and classy with a proper team, but we'll see. I mean yeah. the the pandemic has uh obviously shut down many a thing, so we'll see if that actually happens, but 
Hey ho, there you go. That's a uh, Hellraiser. In fact, because we didn't do like a spoiler section halfway through, I did actually forget to, uh, you know, thank your patrons. So I'll do that just now. Uh, thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordnow, Al Tresman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are our Patreon producers at the time of recording. That means they are $20 or more on patreon.com slash TV. But you can support us for as little as $1 per month and get bonus episodes and get early access at the $5 tier and all sorts of things, plus bonuses for other shows. So please go and have a look and see if you're interested. Also, hit the like button. You can do it for free, and it's the free way to support us, uh, as is commenting and letting us know what you thought of anything, the movies or, or discussion, whatever, whatever it may be. Mm. Uh, all good. Uh, I will now give you the, the keyword, meaning that if you made it this far in the review, and the comments below on YouTube, mm-hmm. put in the word... Anniversary. Uh, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, put in the word anniversary. Mm-hmm. And bonus points for using it in a sentence. Uh, so <laughs> that is <laughs> that. Is that. Uh, Tim's going to do his pose for the thumbnail. So mm-hmm. here we go. Three, two, one, pose. Wait, I'll put this up. <laughs> it's just going to... There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, looks sad, looks sad. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> now, drop it on the floor and bend over to pick it up. Oh my. <laughs> this isn't yeah. cutting class. This is... <laughs> <laughs> yes, check out a recent mm-hmm. bonus episode on Patreon for uh, that reference. Uh, <laughs> so, that is that, obviously. So, we mentioned Patreon and all that just there. Uh, also, catch us on the Twitters at Screams Midnight if you want to support everything that we do and also of course uh you can you get updates and random shenanigans and you know especially when tim's on paternity leave maybe we'll get some more updates and uh mm-hmm. random thoughts and feelings and maybe mm-hmm. occasionally tim will tell us about the streaming that happens uh, after midnight before midnight and all times of the day mm-hmm. when you have a baby in the house <laughs> so look forward to that um mm-hmm. Is there anything else I need to say? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> Hellraiser Hellseeker sucked. Uh, you know. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Keep watching scary movies. Goodbye, souls. <laughs> <laughs>